I remember playing guitar when I was growing up and playing in a band, you know, small time at one stage and just just how much that helped me. But but probably probably the whole thing goes back to you know the the spiritual exercises of Saint Ignatius. And as a Jesuit you do those in one month at a really concentrated block, you know, so I remember doing that and I was in the third week of the exercise, which is the Passion Week, and it's it's a difficult you're you're with Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane and on the cross. A lot of people get stuck there because it's so painful and difficult and it seems like there's no way there's no way through this that it's an impossibility. And I and I was like when I was stuck at that stage on my uh my spiritual director was saying to me, look, he said, you're going to have to find some way of getting out of this or fixing this, you know. And just by pure coincidence, I just happened to hear this song that was playing. I think it was playing in the local cinema and somebody was somebody was playing it in the retreat house where I was. Uh, you know that song, I Will Always Love You? Mm-hmm. It's uh, Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston, yeah. And it's from the movie The Bodyguard with, with Kevin Costner. Whatever it was about that song, Pat, that that song unlocked the spiritual exercises for me i mean it sounds a bit crazy you know but that's that's the truth the key to the spiritual exercises is realizing how much love god has for you and the key to the that third week the passion of christ is realizing what christ has done for me how much christ has loved me individually and that has given up his life for me and that just simple that simple little song was that moment of of transformation, moment of magic in the spiritual exercises. And that same thing has happened to me almost almost every retreat I've done. I'll, I'll, I'll just give you another example where I was uh, I was a Jesuit in training. It's called a scholastic. I was in France on this. It was a retreat for, for Jesuit students from all around Europe. And I was one of the students. And we're in this retreat house outside Paris. It's an old chateau, really atmospheric. And one night I was walking through the basement of the retreat house and there was this woman in, in the music room listening to this piece of music. I was captivated, you know, absolutely captivated. And afterwards I came back when she was gone and I, I, I sought out the, the tape she was listening to. And it was, it was, uh, you know, the Miserere, which is mm-hmm. by, by Allegri, the composer, Italian composer. And it's based on Psalm 50, mm-hmm. Lord have mercy. Well, that piece of music is something else. If you never listen to another piece of music in your life, and again, that piece of music became significant, and that really helped me on that retreat, and that has been a constant theme for me. So right right through my life, even from uh, boarding school, one of the articles that I, I wrote was about uh, Fleetwood Mac, which is one of my favorite bands, about how that saved me when I was in boarding school, and boarding school is a tough, tough number. And having that record, Rumours, it was called, and listening to those Fleetwood Mac songs equally saved me, you know, and brought me through. And it was God communicating to me. I'm, I'm convinced it takes a while to believe this, that God is always trying to reach us. And God uses everything, and especially music. I think it's, it's so powerful, and it engages your emotions in such a strong way, and, and it, it really reaches out and touches you. I think that engaging the emotions is an important point because you were, you know, doing the spiritual exercises, you were on a retreat. Like we've all been told in our heads, especially since Vatican II, that God loves us unconditionally and we are special and we are unique and this great being is a personal God who loves each one of us and knows us. And it's one thing to 
hear that in your mind and, and rationally understand the words. But it's the music, as you say, that translates that into a more whole thing as who we are as human beings. So we actually can sense it in our being. It recreates a much deeper experience. That's right. There's something special about music that reaches our hearts. I think that's the key thing about Ignatian spirituality, that it's not just not just intellectual ideas about God. And I think that's where a lot of religion comes to cropper, that it, it turns into doctrines and beliefs and these intellectual or academic things. But that doesn't change your heart. That doesn't move you. That doesn't transform the way that you live. There's that lovely prayer, but it's often attributed to Pedro Arubi, I think in error, but he says, what gets you up in the morning, what you're in love with. And I think that that is the way God wants to work with us. And God finds these channels with us, the, the way of reaching. Music, I think, is the royal road to the heart, the, the access directly to the emotions and to the heart and those deepest parts of us. I think it can it can touch us, it can move us. I think it can remind us of, of memories, memories of hurts, memories of really positive things. And also, I think music can heal. One of the, one of the, the Facebook posts that I wrote over the, the COVID-19 time was about my kind of top selection of, of songs for lockdown. And in the introduction, I was saying that music helps us to to keep ourselves together. It, it knits our souls together. It reminds us that even though we're living through a crisis, there is a deeper reality, which is where God is. And there's something that's carrying us. There's something that's bringing us through. And there is hope. I think that's the, that's the huge thing. Um, it just just reminded me of that. Do you know that that film, the the Shawshank Redemption? And in the middle of the film, I just saw this on YouTube last night, where <clears throat> with the main actor Andy Dufresne plays a piece of music in the prison ground. He sneaks into the warden's office and broadcasts this. I think it's the Marriage of Figaro, this beautiful piece of opera, and all the all the prisoners are transfixed. They're just standing there listening in awe because. Beauty through the music, beauty has, has the ability to touch the human soul and to transform the situation, even though they were living through probably the most difficult experience in their lives. But music touches them in another way and reminds them about who they are. It reminds them that they're they're human beings on a on a journey to God, which is which is a beautiful thing, I think. Yeah, and I think that thing about beauty as well, like really good music has that aesthetic element to it, like any work of art. So it's one of the transcendentals, beauty, goodness, truth. So that it's a reality. There's something real there, even though we can't see it. But then music, above all, seems to be able to not just incarnate that beauty, but to also, as you say, go to the heart, not just the emotions, but go to the heart. So what else was your lockdown songs Brendan that you had because I think all of us did retreat to music at times when there was nothing else for it that's right so I have a whole selection in there there's the you know the Rolling Stones Gimme Shelter it's a beautiful song and it's been covered lots of different times but it, it's a real lockdown song you know Gimme Shelter Gimme Refuge in this really difficult time I also put in there uh, ELO the Electric Light Orchestra Mr. Blue Sky <laughs> is a great song if, if you're if you're in need of hope and in need of desire and uh, wanting to keep focused on the positive, the good weather we've had really accentuates that, that sense of, you know, there is hope, there is a way through this. But there, I had a lot of other songs on there. There's U2 song on there. A lot of the U2 stuff is, is gospel-based and 
speaks directly to the heart. But also um, that song from The Pilgrim by Sean Davey, The Deer's Cry. Um, that's another another beautiful song. It's it's the words of St. Patrick's Breastplate. It's a it's a poem or a prayer about the Trinity, which set to music takes on another complete completely different dimension and really touches people. I think that's it's song a sort of a, a it's, it's described as a circling prayer actually in the Celtic tradition of keeping one safe as well and protecting. Uh, protecting you and I think the version by Rita Connolly is particularly beautiful she's got a very pure and authentic voice exactly and I was in Glendalough again on, on a retreat with the with a group of young people and we were played that song in Glendalough which is one of the key Celtic sites the monastic sites it connects us with our history as well it, it goes across time and, and places and it connects you to that experience. I think the experience of St. Patrick, essentially, about praying in these particular places and making that connection, that communication with God, which I think I think everybody has that the deepest part of their heart, that that's something that we need access to. We need to be able to make the communication. And also we need to be able to act from that. We need to be able to live from that. I think that's so important in this time of lockdown that we're not just not just kind of isolating ourselves or we're not just kind of living in fear, but we actually, we do live this time as fully as possible within the limitations of the situation, but also trying to find what, what is God saying to us? You know, who could I reach out to? Who's in need of help here? How could I keep myself alive and keep my humanity to the fore and that of others? Well, we've seen some acts of tremendous solidarity during this time as well. And in Italy, we saw the wonderful people singing, you know, being led and singing from their balconies. I mean, music did really feature in this COVID. Also, you mentioned Leonard Cohen, and I think Leonard Cohen is a really interesting figure because he's a poet, and then he sets his poetry to music. That combination really does create something quite powerful for people and quite spiritual that's right i'm I'm a big Leonard cohen fan as well obviously and his song hallelujah probably captures that really well that song has been covered multiple times and i think jeff buckley is probably the most famous one to cover that and it talks about his, his sense of uh, the sin and the redemption it covers all these great biblical themes but you see when you put it to music it gives it access to another whole audience, another whole generation of people, young people, older people. Sometimes we can create two false uh, distinctions between sacred music and kind of popular music. And that that is to lessen the, the work of God, I think, and, and it's to create false distinctions, you know. I think God uses everything, and especially music, and especially God's trying to reach loads of people in this in our world today. There's this great book that I came across by an ex-Jesuit. It's called Rockabilly, My Soul, you know, and he's <laughs> saying that if Ignatius was alive today, he'd be using music for the spiritual exercises, and I think he's dead right. Not only would you have meditations and scripture, but you would have pieces of music that people would be asked to listen to that would accompany that. And we haven't really explored that too much. I mean, we haven't developed that. I would love to see that developed a lot more to have specific music for the different parts of the spiritual exercises, all with the goal of trying to bring people to God, trying to help people to understand how much they are loved and help them to understand how they can live better in the world. <laughs> 